How is everybody? Come on. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Um, before um, I bring the word, um, those of you who um, are on our emailing chain list, you guys would have heard the news that on um, Thursday morning, um, a uh, spiritual father of this house, Mike Godwood, went home to be with the Lord. Um, he, he passed away in the early hours um, of Thursday morning on, his, uh, on him and Beryl's 58th wedding anniversary, which um, for those of you who know them and like the, the timing of it all, um, there's, there's a story about that. But I just wanted just to say one or two things to us that um, Mike um, was involved, Mike and Beryl have been involved in this house um, really um, through friendship for more than 30, 40 years, but more specifically, uh, in the early 90s, him and Bella got really involved in our house. Um, I remember uh, Mike as a child here. He was and is the only person I know that could stand in this building and be able to communicate to someone wherever they were without a microphone. He had, he had a tremendous voice, and... Uh, Mike and Beryl, um, they stepped into the history of this church. They stepped in at a time where it needed steering, guiding, and leading, um, and just the sacrifice of time and energy and emotional cost that they gave to this house was great. And uh, he was a man who worshipped and led from his heart, a man of great vision, strategy, and influence, and also a family man. You know, he, had, uh, he, has, he has a wonderful family um, here in the UK, but he was a, him and Beryl are spiritual parents to people all over the world. And uh, more recently for myself um, and Ruth and even the eldership and the team, Mike and Beryl have been speaking into us as an eldership, um, not just for the last few years, but before even when we moved back to the UK, Mike's voice has been a constant here. So it is, it is a loss um, but in the words of Mike, uh, about three weeks ago when myself and Simon Harrison drove over to Norfolk to be with Mike and Beryl and pray for them, Mike's words were as strong as any word that he ever said. He said, if I go, we win, but if I stay, we win, and Beryl was amening it. And we've been just given a, a, a gift church to honor and celebrate a man who didn't just start the race, he also finished the race so well. Many, many start, but very few finish. And just wanted to say that for us as we, as we acknowledge the passing of Mike, but also acknowledge that his legacy will continue in this house. Um, and we want to say thank you to Mike um, and thank you to Beryl. Um, I know that there'll be um, more information coming about whether there'll be a funeral or memorial service, and when we know of that information, we will pass that on. Um, but we wanted to send a love offering just from this house to Beryl. And so um, for those of you who feel stirred, want to give a financial um, love offering gift to him, we sent out information to you. Um, I believe it is just giving the same way, but in the reference, you just need to put Mike's name or the Godwoods, and we'll collect uh, a gift. We'll also 
um, and we'll send it with any cards that you guys want to give to send to Beryl and their family, um, and we'll send it to them um, within the next couple of weeks. So just bear with us with any news that's coming. Um, and really, almost in the true style of Mike, as he is now part of the cloud of witnesses cheering us on, all I hear him saying is, Jonathan, get on with it and start preaching. So prayers to Beryl um, and any messages of encouragement or anything that you want to say to Beryl, please send them in and we will pass them on. So I know uh, whether, whether Beryl you're watching or family, we love you guys and we just loved Mike. We still do. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to carry on this um, sermon series that we've been doing for the last uh, three weeks, and it's been called Level Up. And we've had myself, uh, Josh, Janine, all touching on areas in our walk with Jesus where there is an opportunity for us to level up, to grow. We had a prophetic word that was given, that was actually given in 1990, that resurfaced within the last um, four to six weeks. And specifically, one of the messages that came that really stood out to us was, no longer is it time for the church to be warm, cozy, comfortable, and nice. And so we felt like we needed to address and talk about uh, our walks with Jesus and how we are constantly growing. Could you just raise your hand for me if you know that Jesus is growing you right now? Oh, come on. That's a good sight to see. Okay, can you keep your hands up for those that, um, that, that said, is Jesus growing you now? Put your hands up, okay? Put your hands down if God is sending someone to do the growing in your life. See, hands stay up. What I'm talking about this morning is about, you can put your hands down. Sorry, guys. <laughs> What I'm talking about this morning is individually, yes, you are growing. Yes, God is speaking to you. Yes, there are promises over you, but that's not it. Because individually, God is growing you, but actually in this room, we as a body, as, one, as, as, a, as a church, as, a, as Life Church Bath coming together, corporately, we are being asked to level up. So there's an individual chance to grow, but there's also a corporate side to growing. It's not all about just you and Jesus. It's about the person to your left and right. Just look to your left and right right now and see who the people that you can, you can see that you've come into church with. God is and will use the people that are closest to you to level you up. Can I get an amen? Okay. Can you think about the times in your life where God has used someone to speak truth to you? Did someone say something to you this week that actually when you heard it, you went, ouch. Are you noticing that there's someone in your life that actually might be really irritating you? And you might be thinking of all the reasons why. It's obviously personality. Maybe it's them. Could it be 
that God is speaking to you through that person. No amens. That's okay. We're keeping it real. Keeping it real. Apostle Paul, writing to the church of Ephesus, he writes this statement after something that we all know. It's a really well-known verse. It's Ephesians 4. And he's talking about as Jesus ascended to heaven, he turned and he gave gifts to the church. And it, and, and it would almost be the five things that we'd say, fivefold ministry. We know pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles. Something that we all know. We've all heard before. But he's talking about individual gifts for the people. And then he goes on to say something that is so striking and actually easy to read past because we can focus so much on the ministry gifts but forget what Paul was saying because straight after that, it says in verse 14, which is Ephesians 4 for those who've got your Bibles. Verse 14, he says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, everyone say rather, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, did you notice that the, when I said, everyone say rather, the next statement, it says, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. So here, because, I've, because we've just heard that statement, we can all read it and instantly say, to grow up, to level up, as us as a body, what do we need to do? We need to speak the truth in love. And when you speak the truth in love to the people that you're sat next to, what happens? (laughs) Let me tell you, you grow up. The body, the church, we actually grow up. Because he is saying, if you look at the top part before it says rather, he's describing Children in the faith, children in the house of God, children that say, I go to church, I'm a part of a family. And because they are children, what's happening in their life? They are being tossed and turned by circumstance, by um, what's happening in the world. They are tossed and turned like a plastic bag in the wind. They have no foundation. They have no strength. They have no security. And it's because... Either they are not receiving the truth in love or they're actually not giving the truth in love. So this is not just about giving truth in love. It's also about receiving. It's two parts. This is not about if you feel strong enough to speak the truth in love. You also have to receive it too. And so when I speak the truth to you, you grow. And as I'm speaking the truth, I grow. That is, that is quite, I feel like that is, that is something, if you think about it, it's actually remarkable. It's remarkable to think that the Lord would show me something about a friend. 
and he would ask me to be his voice into that person's life. And I might think that I'm a postman. I've got like a letter to deliver. I've got something to pass on to someone and thinking that's the only part. No. If you are faithful of what God has given you, he doesn't just fulfill the promise and the word that he's speaking to your friend. You also grow. We've talked about leveling up in your faith, about focusing on what are the things, the boss. We talked about the level. Josh talked about storms. Janine talked about being clinging Christians, not partnering with fear. What if, what if there are people in this room, us as a body, as a church, what if the battle that you're facing, the, 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 the breakthrough that you're knowing that you need to do, grow in faith? What if it's not about you working harder? What if it's about just listening to what your friends are telling you? What if it's just as simple as being open to receive correction from the body? Can I have a show of hands who's ever received a correction from a friend? Beautiful. Did you enjoy it? Well, I'll tell you what, yes or no actually depends on how it was delivered and then how it was received. Speaking the truth in love, let me tell you, it's a craft. This is something that we as a body, if you are agreeing with what the Bible says and you make this a principle in your life, this is not something that if, you know, if I just read out five tools and then you say, I know how to do it, because I tell you what, this is difficult. Because every situation, every person you're talking to, things that the Lord shows you, it takes time it takes patience. Because let's be honest, there are some in this room, I'm not going to point the finger. I'm not going to, and I'm not saying I'm pointing the finger because I know who you are. I'm not saying that. But because there's two sides to fall on this, there are people in our house that lean more on the loving side. And when it comes to speaking the truth in love, where that group, which I feel I put my foot in there too, is that we will find it hard. We don't want to be offensive. We, we don't want to hurt people's feelings. We, we don't want to butt into people's business. We might not want to be rude. We don't want people maybe to think ill of us. We don't want to jeopardize the relationship. Or maybe even to the full of it, we might only share half-truths. We might share some of it. But I'm afraid if I say the truth, what will this person think of me? And yet we know that the fear of man is a what? It's a trap. It's a snare. And if we are so afraid of speaking the truth to a friend, to a colleague, someone in your life group, because we're afraid, then you're stopping that person from growing. And who else are you stopping from growing? Yourself. Yourself. And then you can flip over to the other side, others who really fall on the side of love speaking the truth without love. This is where 
speaking the truth can be somehow, it can be given in anger. It can be given in bitterness, hostility, resentment, vengeance through your words. You know, we know that words can be used either for life or actually words can be turned into weapons. They can destroy, you can dishonor. You know, I know this just from a practical point of view. It, it, it takes me, it might take nine to 12 months to actually build a house using all the tools, using all the materials. Building a house takes time. But do you know what's easier? I could knock down a house in two days. If I had a crowbar and a hammer, I can knock a house down in two days. I've done it. I've destroyed a house in two days. And by the way, I was supposed to. I was paid to destroy it. I was, yeah. But if truth is not said in love, the intention might come from a good place, but you actually destroy rather than bring life. And so we have a tension to walk in here. But Paul is not saying choose love, and he's not saying choose truth. He's saying choose truth and love together. And this is the tension. Isn't it interesting that we realize that Paul is writing to who? He's writing to a church or churches. He's writing to the church in Ephesus, so believers, people that had relationship with the Lord. They made him his Lord and Savior. These are people. These are good people. And yet, why is he saying, hey, church, you need to speak the truth in love? Paul must have seen something. Paul must have sensed in the Spirit that the Holy Spirit was saying, this church, I want to grow. And they're receiving from me, but they're not receiving from one another. They're not looking to the left and right for love and truth to be given. And this is where the rubber hits the road for some of us guys. If you think that growing in a church is coming to church on Sunday, worshiping, hearing a word and going home and only receiving truth and love from this stage, you will stay a child. It's gone quiet. You'll stay a child in the faith because the way that Jesus wants to grow us is he wants to use you. He wants to use the body to heal itself. Guys, we might talk about life groups every week. It's not because we're interested in just making you busy. We're actually interested in growing you. We're actually committed before the Lord to set you up so that we can equip you to become everything that God has called you to be. To put you in environments, to make sure the atmosphere, that the soil of this house is soft, it's, it's, it's got water, it's, it's the perfect atmosphere for you to become everything that God's called you to be. And I think we as a church, I think, are waking up to the realization is that, actually, do you know what? Coming to church on a Sunday is not, it's not the goal. It's about being the church, not coming to a service. 
And I, I, don't, I don't believe one of the things that if COVID has either pushed, our, pushed this house to be thinking about what's important, I don't think I've ever been more focused and more excited for fellowshipping with one another than ever before. We've gone through a season of separation from one another physically. It's amazing that we've been able to meet back together so early. But I'm so excited for us to look to the left and right of the people that God's put in your life. Because I believe that there is a fellowship that is going to be birthed out of the season that we've been through. That everyone in this house, our desire is everyone in this house is to be known. We cannot say that we're a family and not be a family. And families, what did they do? They eat together, they laugh together, they cry together, they do pray together, they, they spend time together. And life groups, the, the testimonies and the stories that we're hearing from how life groups have focused, focused each other's attention on one another, reading the scriptures together, allowing people to speak into your life, People, where it says in Psalm 1 that we are a people that grow in every season, I believe it's community that's going to make that happen. Amen? Can I, I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you something really practical just in my life, how it's, how what I've just talked to you, what I've just said is how it's working in my life. Right now, I personally, I'm in the book of Exodus, just my personal walk with the Lord, and I'm reading the story of Moses, how he took the Israelites out of Egypt, and he walked these millions of the Israelites through the desert. And I'm just drawing from the words that God spoke to Moses privately as he was leading people publicly. And there are words that he said to Moses talking about identity, you, you know, about trusting in the Lord that are so speaking to me right now. That's what I'm, that's what I'm drawing from. So personally, behind closed doors, I'm in Exodus. God is so good and he's such a good father that he knows how to shepherd us. What my friends don't realize is that what my friends recently have been talking to me about, specifically Josh and Will, who I know Josh shared two weeks ago that we... We, uh, especially during lockdown, we would go on long walks together and we'd walk through the two tunnels. For those of you who don't know, it's a cycle path. Um, it's uh, two very, one very short tunnel and then one very long tunnel. And we, Josh and Will, as just being very close friends, known each other for years, we, we, we allow each other to speak into our lives. We give, we give each other full permission to say whatever we want, whenever we want. And one of the things that um, was said recently is that Josh didn't know this, but he started speaking into my life and saying, hey, Jonathan, there are things about God's identity that he's trying to speak to you. And I'm thinking, how does Josh know that I'm reading the book of Exodus and he's saying exactly what God is saying? I'm like, how did he know that? And can you see God is using Josh to confirm what he's saying to me in private? Well, then, on Friday, I'm, after I play football, I take Dino home, 
And Dino says the exact same thing that Josh said to me two weeks ago about identity. And God is using my friends, the community that I'm submitting to, to say the very same things that God is saying. Why? Because this is how he grows us. Can you see the danger is that if we cut ourselves off from people, if we cut ourselves off from the people of God as a community, as a family, you're not actually getting everything that God has for you. Talking about leveling up, guys, the level that you allow God to speak to you has to match the level that we allow each other to speak into our lives. Amen? Now, I'm probably sure people might now be thinking it's now open season. And I hear like, I mean, it's very American, but I hear like the sound of a shotgun reloading. (laughs) Like, oh, I got some truth to tell you, Jonathan. If anyone texts me during this message saying they want to go for coffee with me, I'm not doing it. Okay, I'm not doing it. Hendersons, don't you dare. Don't you dare. I even, I can feel it. Someone literally just texts me in my pocket. I'm not, whoever that was, I'm not texting you back. I've got just 10, 10, 10 really quick points that I want to equip you just in preparation about this proof of speaking the truth in love. Jake, it was probably you. I, yeah, you're looking at me. I know you're pointing at me. I knew it. All right. This is how God will do it. He'll put people in your life, and he'll show you something that he gives to you in your spirit that you know. Someone's texted me again. Stop it. That he will ask you to speak truth to someone. Okay? And I just want to quickly go through 10 points really quickly that I want you to just to hold in. in if, if, you're, if you're thinking of someone, shotgun, let's go, is this. Question to ask yourself, one, why am I going to talk to this person? Question two, is my motive to sort them out, get this off my chest, I'm sick of, my, sick of their behavior, blah, blah, blah. If it is, if it is, slow down. Deal with the plank in your own eye before you deal with the speck in your brother. Number three, do you have a healthy relationship with this person that can handle the level of truth that you are about to bring? You cannot drive a 10-ton truck over a bridge that can handle five tons. Very simple analogy, but to the level of truth that you want to bring to someone, you need to know that you have a relational account. You have trust. You have love and, and you've, you've put in time in your relationship. It's easy just to speak the truth and walk away. It's easy. But because we are to be a body that, look, that is joined together, we have to take responsibility of that. Would I want to speak to someone to my, would I speak to someone who's my closest and dearest friend the way I'm about to speak to this person? Is the real issue, is this gone too? Is the, is, is the real issue here, here is that this person's personality is grating on me? You know, do they need truth or are they just a Liverpool fan? 
do they just support the Bristol Bears? <laughs> do they, or do they add milk to their tea before pouring hot water in? You know, do, is there something about them that frustrates you and that's really the motive of what you're trying to say to them? Seven, have they asked for the input in your life? Do they have an expectate, expectancy that you are going to speak truth to them? If you are frustrated and angry with wanting to share with someone, maybe wait, another, maybe wait a week, maybe wait a day, cool down. Something that I feel like a bit of my kind of like priority, I think, with relationship is if you do have something to say to one another, please don't do it via text. Please don't do it via email. Please don't do it via pigeon mail. Don't do it via social media. We, we have to be able to look in each other's eye and be able to see the body language, the tone. When we speak truth to one another, it's a relationship. It's easy to write things in an email, but you can so miscommunicate your heart. And when the person reads it, they might be hearing it in a way that actually is not true. And I think for, for a body our size, for us to level up, I think if we made a commitment that we wouldn't do that, I think the level of growth as a body, we would see such growth in this time where we would be intentional about how we speak to one another. Truth in love. One of the last points I'll say is this. Am I willing to be there tomorrow as well as just saying my truth and then walking away? Speaking the truth in love is not just about giving the message. Are you going to be, for that, be there for that person if they disagree? If they reject what you've got to say? Are you more concerned about the long-lasting relationship or about just being right? John wrote what Jesus said in John 13 verse 34. He says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Listen to this. By this, everyone, say everyone. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If we truly love one another and we love each other so much that we are willing to speak the truth in love, we are demonstrating to the world, the world, who Jesus is. This is so countercultural. I mean, I just have to say, cancel culture, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's almost become popular now for people just to say what they want whenever they want, but no one's allowed to reply. And that when we speak the truth in love, we are showing Jesus Christ. Oh, guys. There are men and women in this house that have spoken to me in times. And they've spoken truth that has gone so deep within me that I keep drawing from. Uh, as part of my testimony, there was a guy in, um, in another church that I went to a uh, kid's work and he pulled me out. I was maybe a 10 or 11 at that time. 
And he spoke such truth to me that I remember it to this day. And it was about saying that there will become a time where you will have to make a decision. Are you going to follow God or follow yourself? And it was six years later that when the truth was given in love, it came to my, the Holy Spirit reminded me and I made the right choice. But it was because someone had the courage, the courage, the tenacity to speak the truth in love. Like, gone are the days where we just pretend to be a church. Like, this is kind of where the rubber hits the road here, guys, where people, God is going to send people into your life, and he's going to ask them to speak his words to you, and you might not like it. I have three young children, and we're at the stage where if we don't give them ice cream three, day, three times a day, they don't like it. You know, spray, spraying that antiseptic spray on a graze when they fall over hurts probably more than actually falling over when you've, when you've fallen over and hurt yourself. There's, um, in North America, there are cities um, who, cities up in the north um, western side of the states, that their forests are so close to the city lines that they have to protect, there's like, for, uh, the word is wrong, but it's like forest police, but that doesn't sound right, but it is, people that are in charge of looking after the forest. And one of their challenges is stopping bears from just walking into suburbs, walking into cities. And they, what they do is they set traps all along the, the forest line to hold back bears from just mistakenly either following noise, looking at the lights. And they set these bear traps, and these bear traps don't kill the bears, but they contain them so that then the authorities can take the bears and drive them 100 miles up into deep forest um, woods and then they can stay there, release them, and they're just like, hey, maybe see you in two years' time. So it's a constant battle of just holding back the bears. What they find, though, is by accident, deer get close too, and they walk as close as they can to the city, and they sometimes step on these bear traps. And the bear traps, they, they, they'll clamp on, on their leg, and they will hold them and they will pin them down to the ground. And these forest police, the, the governing authorities will constantly drive along and check to see if they've caught a bear. But when they catch a deer, it's like, oh no. And it's very different to when you're dealing with a bear. Because as soon as the, uh, the, the authorities get out their truck and they see a deer strapped to this trap that's on their leg, the closer they walk to it, the more the deer gets afraid. And, and I'm talking big deer. I'm not talking Bambi deer. I'm talking like antlers, huge, huge antlers that could just chop you in half. Like if it moves its head, it's dangerous. And there is this struggle of 
the goal of the policeman, the, 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 the forest authority, they are trying to save the deer from pain. And they want to get their hands on the bear trap. They want to get as close as they can to help the deer, but the deer doesn't know that. It's already in pain, and now there's a stranger a human coming to touch it. So they get, at, they get, they start writhing and they start going like almost uncontrollable. They won't, they, they won't allow anyone to get close because the deer is like, if you get any closer, you're going to hurt me. That deer will not be set free unless it lets go and trusts this man or woman that can set the deer free. That can be a picture for us, church, as a body. That people come along and walk past our lives and get a snapshot into what's going on in your heart. And they see that there's something that is trapping you. They see that there's something on you that is not right. And do you know what? Their motive is, is not to make it worse. It's actually to bring healing. To actually set you free. But if we are guarded and if we are trying to protect ourselves and even protect our pain and hide it from the community, hide it from, the, hide it from this house, we end up fighting against God. We end up pushing away the very people that God is sending. And when we say, God, please come. I need you, Father. I need your breakthrough. I'm asking you, Jesus, to come and heal this. Sometimes he says, Amen. I'm sending you John. Amen. I'm sending you Mary. Amen. I'm going to send you Stephen. And you know what? They're going to speak some truth to your life. They're going to speak into this situation. And it might hurt. But let me promise you this. It might hurt, but you will be free. I just want to end on this. John 8, 32 in context of what I'm talking about here, speaking truth in love. Jesus says this, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You have the privilege and the ability to set people free by the truth that you're going to say. You can set people free by your words. Why? Because Jesus is going to equip you, teach you, and show you. This is a part of following Jesus. The truth will set you free. So there's two things I just want to pray. I want, I want us to pray for our hearts and our mouths to do two things. To receive truth and love and to give truth in love. Why don't we all stand? Let's just stand. Let's acknowledge, church, that these moments, I just don't believe, come around very often, and especially what's been happening to us as a body and as a nation. God is reviving his church. Do you agree? Do you sense it? Do you sense that the Holy Spirit is breathing fire back into the church?
The Holy Spirit is leading us into truth. The church, the church is going to be the brightest it's ever been coming out of this season. Because, why? Because people will know, people will know who Jesus is by how we speak truth in love to one another. So why don't you put your hand on your heart? You can say these words as a prayer. Lord, humble me. Lord, humble me to receive and hear your word this morning. Lord, humble me to see the men and women that you've put in my life. Lord, give me vision to see the people that you have sent to do your work in my life. I lay down pride. I lay down pride. I lay down stubbornness that says you can do it alone. I lay down independence. I lay down thinking that you know what is best. I lay down my defense. You know, the image that I had of the deer, if that's you and you know you are trapped, just be still and just say, yes, Lord, come. Now put your hands over your mouth. And this will be hard to speak as your hands are over your mouth. Lord, use my tongue. Use my tongue to speak truth in love. Use my mouth to be an instrument that builds, that encourages that brings life. May my words be the same words that you are saying, Jesus. Level me up, grow me, help me be an instrument for you. Lord, we love you and we thank you that you are leading us forward. Father, we just ask you, Father, to, to do what you've promised to do, moving us from childish ways to growing up in the faith, growing up in strength and maturity, and that we'll do this by speaking the truth in love. Amen.